0: And welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco, Happy to have you with us on this Sunday afternoon on Mother's Day. And uh, right now, we have a very special guest. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times. and Actually, the last time was uh, 2020, right at the start of the pandemic. Uh, he had just released an album then. And he has just released a brand new album. It's an album called Leap Year. And I believe this is his fourth album. Uh, album that he's uh, put out. His name, Barry Oreck, and he joins us today from his home in Brooklyn. Barry, how are you today? Great. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> Thrilled to be on your show again. Uh, it's good to have you back. And uh, wow, it's been two years. I, I think when we first, uh, well, the last time we talked, you, you've actually been a guest a couple of times on this program. But last time we talked in 2020, you had just released your your previous album. And it was right at the start of the pandemic. I think you had your last show you know, right before everything shut down. And right. that's a tough time to release an album, but uh, it did pretty well. Yeah, I, I was kind of amazed.
1: Um, we played a concert on February 29th. 2020 leap day and it was at the people's voice cafe and it was packed our friends were there we were hugging you know any idea of like are you going to wear masks all all of that was just somewhere in the future you know in a future we could not imagine and uh, you know we had heard about the cruise ships and this virus and uh, you know it was worrisome but it wasn't affecting our own behaviors at that moment And um, we had this new record called We Fit Together coming out. And and that was an EP that all the songs kind of had a a bit of a connection of this idea that we're all connected across the globe. All people are connected. And then this pandemic hit where that became inescapable on any level that, that there are no gates and there are no walls and nothing can... Keep us safe um, away from the rest of the world. That we have to embrace the world. So I think that did hit a hit a core during the mm-hmm. pandemic, and and that that album I mean I remember taking the CDs to the post office when we were all double masked and nobody was touching anything and and the idea is this going to get into the hands of of anyone you know any DJs I send it to or people who ordered it I mean it was just um it was a big unknown and yeah. uh yeah but it kind of made it onto the folk charts and and um people really responded to that to that theme um, so that was that was a thrilling and weird and scary moment all mixed into one.
0: It was it was also a I think a a time where people were really needing music. I mean I I know from this program here on WFDU I started getting so many more emails from people who were listening on Sunday afternoons mm-hmm. because obviously they have nowhere else to go and on, on Folk Music Notebook where this is also being simulcast our audience numbers, they shot up. I mean, we basically tripled our audience in the space of a month. And, you know, it's because people needed this. And so it was it was great to have music like that. And and what I'm seeing now uh, in the last two years, so many artists like yourself who, you know, I guess were confined to their homes for a while or, you know, cutting down on touring and such. You've really let those creative juices flow. And we were getting some incredible music in, in recent months from, from people yeah. Uh, did 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 you find it as a as a a, a way for you to kind of focus more on, on music? Oh, totally, totally.
1: It, you know, I was incredibly lucky. I mean, I have a a comfortable place to live. I have a backyard. Um and then I had unlimited time <laughs> open opening up, you know, and like you always kind of you know, imagine, oh, what would I do if I just had unlimited time, no appointments, no nothing? Um, so that was a huge boon to me. Um, also, some new collaborations actually that happened over Zoom. A uh, songwriting partner um, who I'd known for years, my friend Rob Metter, he and I started collaborating on new songs, three of which made it on this record. Um, also, I got a new guitar. Um, Ah. I had ordered this guitar a year earlier um, from Mule Resonator Guitars in Saginaw, Michigan. It was supposed to arrive at Christmas. It was leaning against my gate here at my my home at Brooklyn, um, March 15th, 2020, just before we were locked down. Um, And so the idea of having this beautiful new instrument in my hands, um, all of that kind of came together with this kind of deep reflective moment mm-hmm. so i think there's going to be lots of pandemic sessions albums just yeah. uh exploding across the world yeah what if what if all the Uh-oh. songwriters in the world have no no <laughs> it, it, gigs no jams <laughs> no rehearsals you know what else are you going to do so yeah. for me it, it was a, it was a lucky confluence and um and a really important time to write
0: music yeah it's an important time for, for i mean i've got a stack of records here at my out uh, listen to me records uh cds <laughs> at my feet of uh similar similar stories so uh we're it's a uh un, uh i don't know how the right word to use but it was sort of a benefit that came out of this uh horrible pandemic that uh yeah. you know, we have music and and your album uh the title is leap year now, the title, obviously, you mentioned your show was on Leap Year, your last live show. Um, but you know I also looked at it first. I said, well, gee, Barry has a whole career in dance. I'm wondering, Leaping, does that have anything to enter into <laughs> in a double meeting there? Um, not
1: not really. Um, I'm leaping a lot less now. I, I find <laughs> that folk, folk music uh, is a lot easier on the knees, um, in particular. Um, leaping was always my favorite thing, but that is a, a nice, a nice connection. Um, <laughs> and and the cover photo is me underwater, falling backwards, um, and it really did feel like a physical leap as well as a you know emotional and psychic leap into the unknown. So I think right. what we've experienced um it does have, you know, um
0: all the senses involved. Yeah. Well I tell you all the senses are involved in this new album. You have some some wonderful songs here. And I, I'd like to uh to share one. Uh there's a song called Wounded on the uh, album and uh it's a it's a beautiful ballad that we're about to hear. Um, I, I I have to ask this question: Is it autobiographical in any sense, or is this based on other
1: um, things? Yeah, it, it it is. Uh, you know, the pandemic um, was really hard on families. Uh, mm. You know, whether uh, you know, no matter what your situation, and our family was was no exception. And and I think this idea of of um the stories we tell ourselves the stories we have grown up with that sh- that shape our identity uh, that t- make us who we are um or something we all carry with us and so how do we how do we change that identity how do we change our own story um was the question i was i was working on in this song and this i think was the last one i wrote um for the record um and so it's it's fairly recent and um yeah it um uh, i hope is universal
0: perfect play that right there and that is a song called wounded it was written by barry orrick who's our guest today it appears on a brand new album that has just been released called leap year and uh family history looking back on that I mean today is Mother's Day so I think a lot of people are uh, reflecting on, on their own histories uh, and as you said I think that's a, it's kind of a universal song um, sometimes we're trying to escape sometimes we're just trying to find answers for things and uh, a really powerful song now when you were doing Thank this you. album did you have a, a theme in mind other than okay here's what's coming to me during this pandemic were you trying to do anything in particular I
1: didn't I didn't and I don't think I I usually do. Um, the last EP just sort of happened that those songs did find a, a common theme and I don't think this one does although there are songs on some recurring themes that, right. that I think about a lot about forgiveness and um, how we're just kind of figuring out this life as we go along mm-hmm. um, and some more political which is a another kind of bent of my of my songwriting I've got a bunch of political songs um and um yeah I you know I it's hard I know to to um categorize my music it's all in the folk mm-hmm. genre but um yeah I just uh you know, write from different inspirations. And so I don't think, you know, maybe people will listen to this and go, oh, here's the theme. But huh. um, I don't know what it is.
0: Well, I, I got that theme about, you know, life in general. I mean, it's a wide topic, but, you know, I think everything touches on... Uh, Different aspects of uh, how we examine our our lives and um, what we all go through, and especially during the the, the pandemic. Uh, and what also gets me is that your album—I uh, mean, each of these songs has sort of a different feel to it. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like you're listening to one song and oh, that's a Barry Oryx song. You do you surprise right. us quite a number of times, and I think part of that is uh, is the band that you've got uh, that's joined you on this.
1: Absolutely, I. Um, you know we were apart for a year and a half uh, when we got together um, in last summer uh, summer 2021 um, we were going to do a tour and we we're thinking about this album and what they bring to the music is is just astonishing um, and so it's rima fand on uh, violin and vocals jesse miller on guitar and i've pushed him into mandolin now, I'm forcing <laughs> him to pick up his beautiful mandolin and he plays electric as he did on on Wounded on this. And uh, the amazing Adam Armstrong who plays bass on all kinds of music. And they, uh, they play all kinds of music. So Rima is in a Balkan band and does African music and uh, has recently written an opera. Adam plays in jazz, and he and Jesse are in a rock and roll band. And uh, Jesse was a founding member of the Brooklyn uh, Guitar Quartet playing classical. So I think um, that gives that flavor, you know, different flavors yeah. to the songs. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm the old folky who... Um, <laughs> you know, doesn't really read music, although I was a music major for a year, and they just kind of come in and and bring vast knowledge and experience and influences to it. So I think that's that's huge. And it's our third album together. So we've kind of got a yeah. process now and a method. And, um, and I also need to highlight Bob Harris, who's um, dear friend, an amazing musician, amazing engineer, Um, you know was Vassar Clements guitar player for many years worked with Johnny Cash and many other greats and you know I have to say he's he's produced co-produced all four of my records and and I don't know if it weren't for Bob I'm not sure I would have any records out Mm -hmm. I mean he he really has been both a a force and a uh, support and and brought so much musically to it, so um, yeah, this is our our fourth one um, with this configuration, so
0: wow, it's, it's, it's all gelling together. I mean, I guess the yeah. more you play together and, and all these diverse backgrounds and styles and and don't sell yourself short i mean you you grew up in Chicago during the the folk revival. you were exposed <laughs> to a lot of of different styles. I mean, folk is such a a big tent genre that it brings right. in a lot and i i can see that in your music and your songwriting.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, it was a moment um you know, late 60s um in Chicago the blues was exploding. Um i was at the old town school of folk music um with all the kind of folk greats and and um protest music and it was it was a mishmash. I mean, it, you couldn't separate blues from folk. Right. And even from rock at that point, you know, folk rock was being invented, um, and it just it it felt like a a, a great melange that was was exploding, and um, yeah, and that was my formative moment. So um, yeah, it's 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 hard to pin down an influence when people say, "Who is your you know musical influences?" Uh-huh. <laughs> all, of it, sure? all of it,
0: sure. That that's good because, you know, when, sometimes when people just focus on one particular artist or style, it kind of affects their music and they become kind of pigeonholed. But like as I said, on this right. new album, there's a lot of diversity. And, and there's one cut that uh, had me uh, listen twice because I, I almost didn't recognize your voice. It, it's a bluegrass tune of all things or bluega- bluegrass yeah. inspired, I guess, is, is yes. probably the best way to say it. Uh, it's a song called uh makes no sense uh, how did this one come about um yeah this is in the in this kind of
1: political bent i'm on um and um it's about intolerance and uh i i trying to to get my head around um you know the world situation but i didn't but i i kind of felt it had an upbeat feel so I, I needed a message in there that that felt like it wasn't just uh, putting everything down so it's sort of a um, you know a commentary on, on hypocrisy and intolerance and um, I know most bluegrass songs don't have political messages um so i i was hoping to kind of sneak in the side door there <laughs> with this with this uh, upbeat rendition and it does end on a kind of an upbeat sing-along um and and lets everybody stretch their their uh fiddle and mandolin and bass chops um in different ways and it definitely uh gets my uh my articulation uh uh challenged to the max so i, I had great fun i love steven sondheim i love Gil, gilbert's and sullivan so if you can say this is kind of um in that genre switch to bluegrass maybe that's how to look at it
0: perfect i'll fit that in right here and that is a song called makes no sense from barry Ork's new album leap year and barry is with us today And uh, that was a fun one. You know, it it almost caught me off guard. I mean, it's sort of an up-tempo bluegrass tune. But as you said before, you know, there's definitely a political message in there. And uh, you've always dabbled a bit in political music in your your work. Um, That can be challenging. I mean, in some respects, you can write a song that's a little bit Topical has a short shelf life, as Tom Paxton used to say. And there are other songs like this that I think are, are a little bit more universal. Something that uh, you know will probably stick around for a while. Because let's face it, there's always going to be uh, religious zealots that are you know going to uh, act like this. But it's a it's a good wake up call. But uh, do, do you find it um, hard sometimes to introduce politics into into the, your music into into the arts? Totally,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a a member of the people's music Network it's been a just a, a wonderful base for like-minded singer-songwriters and and um, activists of all kinds um and you know and going back to my history as we were talking about in the 60s where protest music really you know fueled all of the movements I mean it's indis- indistinguishable but you know you can't start out, to write, We Shall Overcome. It's just, you know, it, it just can't, oops, sorry. Um, you just can't, um, you know, start, work backwards and say, this is going to be a great protest song. And, you know, in the many song swaps and, and things I was involved in over the pandemic, you know, you really hear um, both how hard it is to write a good Topical song, um, and how um, kind of simple it is at the same time when something really catches you, um, you know one one real bugaboo I have is kumbaya, one of the greatest mm-hmm. songs, one of the greatest folk songs bringing people together universally in so many protest movements in so many places, and now it 's become kind of a shorthand for uh you know naive collectivism or something and and um so i don't know um how you approach it uh you had carla albrecht uh, a few weeks ago who you know is just the master at finding that that twist that irony that that makes a song that has a, a deep message totally kind of slip in there and and really make you think um so I don't know what the secret is. I think a little humor goes a long way. I think obviously a kind of a catchy sing along um chorus is is big um and um you know, just being kind of committed to finding the finding a metaphor, finding a symbol that that is universal beyond kind of the everyday news, which just can drive yeah. us into a deep dark hole
0: well i, I think what makes your politically oriented songs successful is the fact that you don't try to hit people over the head with a, a message like this is the way we should be doing right. it your your songs always have that you know let's all come together we're all one we're all in this together mm-hmm. i think as says yeah as yeah, yeah as that comes. song said yeah yeah and, and that's uh that's an important distinction to make and and do you, do you do that consciously i assume when you're when you're writing
1: yes um yeah, as I said, kind of finding that other that other way in. Um another song, political song on the record, I can't believe it's true is a very kind of ironic song and during the Trump years, you know, irony just didn't <laughs> feel appropriate. <laughs> right. You know, it just didn't it just didn't play for me. Um and so I kind of quit singing it and then I I wrote a new uh last verse for it and i included it and i wanted to play with this band and i I included included it on this record but yeah it's a it's a difficult area how much how much irony and you would really like to get through to people who are not already believers you know to to Mm -hmm. expand the, the 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 uh audience and uh as Another song we're gonna play says sneak past defenses and start healing the pain. You know, How do we use music to get through this divide that seems impossible? So I think that's kind of on my mind. I'd like my songs to be able to reach people who um, you know, m- might not be listening to this message. Although I have had people walk out of my concerts after a 60s hippies psychedelic nightmare. Um, Wow. So, you know, sometimes you can uh, offend even though you're trying to be universal.
0: Well, we, uh, I'm also the, President of the Hurdy Gurdy Folk Music Club, and one night we presented a Phil Oaks song night with uh, Sonny Oakes, uh, Phil's sister. Yeah, yeah. And we had somebody walk out because they thought it was too political. Well, why would you show up at a Phil Oakes song <laughs> night? <laughs> but right, yeah, yeah, as you're saying, you know, you're trying to sort of sneak past defenses. But there's also, I guess, an important aspect about writing these songs is, you know, sometimes you do have to preach to the choir. You have to give them that strength. That they're exactly uh, they're not alone in, in, in what they're fighting for,
1: absolutely. And that is a huge. I mean, both bringing us together and giving us courage. Yeah, I think as we've seen in every movement throughout the world, in South Africa, in the civil rights movement, and the anti-war movement. You know, in everywhere, you know, music, both bonds us, gives us strength, and um, does speak. A message, whether it's you know specific or or more general about love and peace mm-hmm. and understanding. So um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's powerful.
0: Love, peace, and understanding—something we, we definitely need during this pandemic. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it amazes me how divided we become over such simple things as wearing a mask, being respectful of another human being, getting your vaccinations. I mean, it's really put more of a divide than I think any of us ever expected. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, as we said before, it's also been challenging for artists. You know, I know, uh, when you released your last album, you know, you, everything was canceled. You really couldn't tour as in a normal sense as the way artists would when they have a new release. Um, right. how are things looking for the new one? I mean, things are opening up a bit more.
1: Um, yes. And so I'm playing around mm-hmm. the city. I've had had a, f- a few indoor concerts and have a, a bunch of outdoor things. I'm actually, you know, playing today. Um, on Mother's Day at a gallery, um, in Red Hook, um, and then have some, some outdoor concerts, and the outdoor thing is just exploding in New York Mm -hmm. City, um, and the, the open streets thing, or the cabanas on the sidewalk and so there does feel like uh, maybe it's a, a new era and busking is going to just explode for um for us um i played yesterday and had a uh you know really great crowd um so Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping my band is very busy. They are very busy people, so getting us all together um, is hard. But I play solo, I play duo and trios, so um, hopefully we'll all get a chance to be together on stage soon.
0: Sure, I hope so. Uh, How about Zoom? Did you? uh, That became such a big thing. In fact, we're recording this on Zoom in advance of our, our broadcast today on uh, traditions but um we a lot of artists kind of adapted zoom as a way of getting out getting out did you do a lot of online concerts during the, the pandemic? i did
1: i i did and i know um you know a lot of people really um loved it you know there's something wonderful about sitting around your own living room just playing some songs it, it, it's very relaxed it's lovely and people did tune in um but I got tired of it um mm-hmm. I, I really did it it didn't it didn't work for me um uh, in in the long run so I, I you know I probably did a half a dozen um zoom streamed things um and were, did a lot of song circles and other things with other musicians but the the uh concertizing i found zoom a pretty um poor substitute yeah. um yeah uh but, you know, hey, my friends from England were saying, we heard you last night. It was so great. And, you know, that was really fun and something I had never, never done before. Um, sure. So, yeah, opening opening uh, channels to, to get out to your friends and fans was you know, a good it, thing.
0: It's it's a whole different medium. <laughs> it's uh, not like radio. It's not like doing a live concert. Right, uh, right. But I right. think it's something that we're going to adapt in some fashion in the future because... Uh, it did open up a lot of doors, like you said, your friends in England who probably wouldn't have had a chance to see you in person. for yeah, sure. And a lot of people who are shut-ins who cannot get out to concerts anymore, at least they have an opportunity. Well, right. you know, speaking of the pandemic, you, you have a couple songs here. And one in particular is a song called Life in the Bubble, which I think uh, came out of <laughs> the, your pandemic experience
1: um, well, actually, the the lyrics um, were sent to me by my frequent collaborator, um, Larry Stallman, and um, it was a poem that he wrote, and this was about the fall of 2020, so maybe about six months into the pandemic, and he... He sends me stuff, various musings and beginnings of poems and things and uh he wasn't going to send this one his his son, who's a musician, said, "Dad, you should send that to Barry uh I think this is a song and he didn't he didn't necessarily see it as one, but when I read it it was it was the first time I had sort of seen the whole arc of this the um the mundane what we were doing with our time when we were cleaning our basements and and uh you know clearing out our closets and figuring out how to live in this uh space for the next however many months and then the incomprehensibility of it you know these numbers of of deaths i mean here in brooklyn we were hit so quickly, so immediately with the sirens and the, and the, the scope of this that, that really kind of shocked us into um, paying attention. Um, and then this hope about coming out of the bubble, I guess that's where we are now. Um, the, just taking the first steps out and figuring out what life is gonna be in the new changed world. Um, and it had so this this poem um had it all uh but this whole arc and so uh the the tune came to me very quickly It was something that um that just was one of those uh great moments in songwriting where where it all clicks um quickly and then bringing the band into it was was really inspiring so um yeah this is my pandemic song i hope it it has a shelf life that we'll kind of remember, even though we're already kind of forgetting, right? A lot when we were washing all of our groceries and <laughs> and not stepping outside and and what it just felt like to take a walk, you know. We we got to walk in Prospect Park and in Greenwood Cemetery with friends, but that was like a, that was kind of a big deal um, at that at that moment. So so this um, yeah this is my my pandemic uh song for the ages great
0: life in the bubble that's a song written by barry orrick and uh, from a poem from larry stallman and that appears on barry's new album leap year and barry orrick is our guest today uh, you know, you were saying before about whether this song would be uh, be a, a, a timeless one for the ages, and I I think it will. I think it's always going to serve to remind people of what we've gone through, and that's one of the great things about folk music. Uh, you know, sometimes we look at some of these songs and we get an idea of what people were going through at the time they were written or originally sung. And I, I think you've uh, you've created a good one here, and and a and a really good album too, Leap Year. Uh, Thank you. Are you happy with the way everything came out?
1: Yeah, I'm. I I'm really proud of this uh, this project. Um, it happened quickly, uh, relatively. Um, my first album took me like, I guess you could say four years, but you might have said you know sixty years <laughs> to <laughs> to, to, de- to develop itself. I'm 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 late coming to this um, as a as a real focus and, and profession, if you will. Um, and so this one yeah felt like oh yeah i'm i'm getting better at this i'm learning how to do it i've got this amazing group of musical collaborators and and we're figuring out how to work together better and um so it 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 feels like a a good step along along the way and um you know when i think about uh just seven or eight years ago the first time i met you um yeah, at at a NERFA con- my first Nerfa conference and and um you know to be sort of welcomed into this community in this in this way has just been just an amazing amazing journey and and uh this feels like a, a kind of a, a big step on that journey to me yeah
0: it's been quite a journey and uh, you know i know we've talked about this before but i think you know, we should have uh... Talk a little bit more about this, because you're you had a career in dance and uh, also arts education before you got into songwriting. What what led you into that? Um, well, I've all played.
1: Um, I started playing guitar when I was seven, and and the guitars never really left me. And I have written songs all the along the way. I I think I wrote my first song at seven. Um, Uh, about rainbows um uh, I won't I, I won't sing it right now but um uh I I did so all the time I was involved in dance and dance theater um I was still I was still playing but um it's just you know the um the ability uh one thing that's so so different about folk music and this this real this I really appreciate um you know, it's a low bar for entry. Um, in dance, you might rehearse for six months or a year for two nights, and then it's gone. No one will ever yeah. see that again except videos. Um, in folk music, you write a song, and you're going to sing that for the rest of your life. And maybe other people are going to sing it too. And people are going to hold this CD in their hand and go, wow, this this means something to me. Um, and so it's you know as 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 great and and fulfilling as being involved in developing uh dance uh was for me there is a a kind of payoff um personal and in terms of getting you know making art that that touches people that 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 music um has been a, a great transition for me um i thought of this uh a lot um, when I played on the street last Saturday. Um, two of my friends showed up for the second set. Uh, we had not rehearsed. Um, we hadn't been a. we'd wanted to get together to rehearse. We were gonna play some standards and sing-alongs. And they stepped right in and we played what felt like a terrific set. You couldn't do that in dance. I mean, you'd kill each other, you, you'd run over <laughs> each other, you'd, you'd break ankles, you know. Um, So that that universality, I guess, this ability to to join with other people and make art and and have it actually be good sometimes um, is is just another thing that that has is really both a contrast from my from my life and dance and, uh, you know, just feels like um, feels like an essential, uh, essential aspect of folk music
0: that makes it makes it quite unique. You, know, you reminded me when you were talking about that, um, there's a famous story about Woody Guthrie. Um, his uh, second wife, Marjorie Guthrie, was a dancer with the Martha Graham right. Dance yeah. Company, and that's how they met. And they were yeah. trying to get Woody to play for them for a dance rehearsal, but Woody never performed the song twice the same way. And it was the same thing as you described, people <laughs> tripping over each other. Um so I, I guess in some respects, you know, when you when you're making music and you're able to, you know, meet two friends on the street and the, and do a little session together like that, it's got to be a refreshing uh, change from from what it is. But it's it's also, I guess, maybe a challenge. I mean, I guess you get so used to being in a, a rigid flow. Does it? Is it hard? Oh yeah. To,
1: to... Oh, complete. Uh, you know, I I love to improvise in dance or music or anything, um, theater. Um, so I'm a big improviser. But the idea when it f- became clear that we weren't going to be able to rehearse these songs we were going to play, um, yeah, that makes me totally uncomfortable. Or when, <laughs> when I say to the band, you know, we got a gig coming up, you know, can we get two or three rehearsals? And they go, well, I might be able to do one. Right. And you go... Oh, yeah, they come in and nail it. You know, they can just do that. They're that, you know, that good. Um, and we've developed it and we've shared it. Um, so, yeah, so I tend to be a little, little uh, less comfortable with, the, with, with that than, uh, <laughs> than maybe
0: life, you know, people have been doing this all their lives. Right. Well, it sounds like you've been doing this all your life because actually you have, you've been creating music and, and doing art and, uh, you've got a terrific new album here called leap year. Um, we're running a little short on time. So I want to, uh, you know, thank you again for being here, but before we leave, uh, you mentioned you've got some, some gigs coming up. How, how can people find out more about what, what you're doing?
1: Um, well, uh, my website's com and, um, that has dates and bands in town always uh, lists that. And and I've got some, uh, yeah, fun stuff uh, coming up in Brooklyn on Montague Street and at uh, Port Stomp on Governor's Island. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll be heading up to the Adirondacks. So if you're up near Indian Lake, I, I love to play in that area. I'll be at the farmer's market and and getting, um, getting the music up in the woods. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, fun time to be making music and to actually play a new record for people and see the response and feel how songs land um is hugely rewarding i mean it's just oh, sure. kind of what we what we what we do it for so that's that's my goal in life
0: Absolutely. Well, well, I hope uh, by the time your next album comes out, we'll uh, be able to be in the studio together instead of just having a, a Zoom uh, interview here. But it, I tell you, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And, oh, and, and, I appreciate
1: and, it so much, Ron. You, you've really been an amazing uh, supporter and motivator for my whole
0: career. Well, you, you've given us great music. And I, I think we, we should uh, end with uh, another song. This is actually the song that starts off... Uh, the album Leap Year, but we're going to end with it today. And it was, um, well, it's obviously the first one I heard when I put on the CD, but uh, it really struck me. It's a song called Each Song is a Seed. What was the impetus for uh, creating this song? Um, This
1: was a a collaboration with Rob Medder. Um, We worked on the lyrics together. And, you know, sitting at home in the pandemic, feeling completely useless, like, you know, I'm in the age, you know, high risk age group, so I couldn't even like help people. It felt like, um, you know, felt totally useless. Here I am writing songs. What good is that? So some, um, some idea that that songs do make a difference. That music does touch people in different ways and can reach across defenses. Um, uh felt very very important to me very powerful so this is about the power of songs and um it was uh yeah one of our one of our first songs we wrote for this record we're
0: gonna listen to that that right now barry again thank you so much for being with us today and uh, best of luck with the cd and uh hope to see you in person again real soon Thanks, Ron. We will. I'd love to make it to the Hurdy Gurdy Club. Yeah, we'll work on that. We're we're trying. We're slowly getting back to shows there as well. All That's right. It. Well, let's take a listen now. Here's Barry Orrick from Leap Year. Each song is a seed. Perfect. All right. Thank you. Fun. Thank you. That was fun. Good. Enjoyed- good. Yeah, I love talking to you. <laughs> I love talking to you too. You. 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 You very eloquent with, with, about your music. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's like pulling teeth with some guests, you know, to talk about it, but you, it was a nice conversation. And I think our audiences will pick up on that too.
1: Good. Yeah. I mean, I, you do it such a great job. I've listened you know, to, to a number of them either live or on the archive. And it's, it's great how you sort of let the guest kind of go their own way, but you keep, you know, weaving it into whatever the music is. So that's, that's a gift too. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. I
0: I, I I like to have these as showcases for the artists. So I'd like to give you all as much space as you can to talk and such. Yeah.
1: Well, and you, you, and you know, obviously, you know how important that is in, in, in finding an audience and finding mm-hmm. a voice. So it's, yeah. it's huge. So it's, it's a real gift. Really oh, thank is. you. <laughs> You're too kind.
0: Well, listen, I will edit this together and I'll confirm that we're okay. on at five o'clock this Sunday. And, uh, you know, good luck with I'll your get gigs. My
1: social media forces, uh, <laughs> putting it out there and, uh, uh yeah. And, well, uh, we'll hopefully see you sometime before sometime. too long nerfa so. is going to be in person yeah yeah
0: i've uh, yeah they're scheduled for you, you heard they're in asbury park this year yeah yeah that yeah, should be yeah. interesting right weird <laughs> it's gonna be weird it's a it's a beautiful hotel i actually know the place uh yeah yeah, so, yeah. but it's a, it's smaller so it's gonna be a, a little different feel to yeah a different year, vibe
1: yeah. yeah it yeah. should be good
0: <laughs> are you, are you yeah, planning on going
1: getting together yeah yeah i'm i'm signed up so i'll
0: be great there. great yeah. i'm waiting to hear what the showcases are uh if we get to do all the showcases and if we are i'll be, love to invite you to do one if we uh
1: oh great yeah yeah no it. that was uh that would be that would be really uh, uh fun and yeah without it that it'll be quite yeah different, but...
0: right, let me stop this recording i just realized i still got it going um okay.